Yep. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. <laughs> Watch out for the poop. Watch out for the poop. Um. Yeah. How do they? I. I. We probably sometimes should try and time it so we're there at football practice time. I want to see how they get the animals to yeah, leave. Number one. Is, now you're going to go down to the pile of elk poop, swing left to the get to the antelope, <laughs> and look back at me, and I'll throw it to you. <laughs> That's how they do their plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode 25. This is part three of the Great American Road Trip, and we're calling this one Yellowstone. Hello, everyone. Um, yes, Yellowstone. Now, I know you're going to think we've talked about Yellowstone before, but we did warn you that we would probably revisit the topic of Yellowstone National Park over and over again. So um, today we'll try to spare you a lot of the historical details of Yellowstone and just share some of our pictures from our recent visit and tell you about the pictures, the story behind the picture, what went into making that picture and whatever comes to mind. So um, before we get going, I want to thank Anchor Podcasting Platform. It's a free podcast platform you can find on the web or on your smartphone through an app. Anybody can use it and anybody can make a podcast. If we can do it, you can do it. Thank you, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor. The way we like to do our podcast is we will post nine photos to our Quiet Shutter Instagram account. And uh, you can follow along while you're listening and look at our pictures, or you can check them out later when you get a chance. So um, this week, we're going to talk about um, our visits. And there was more than one visit to Yellowstone during our most recent road trip out to Montana. Um, also, Bill, there is something I want to I talk about before we get going on this week's topic. And that is... What's that? What's that? We have uh, reached over 600 downloads of our podcast. Wow, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. So we want to thank everyone for listening. Thanks, everybody. And maybe now and then we'll uh, pick out a specific person who has listened and maybe talk to us about it. And today I'm going to um, say thank you to Jeanette Goodrich. Now, that's not her name now. She's married and it's a different last name. We call her JJ. We call her JJ. But JJ recently told me that, um, and JJ is a friend of our daughters. They went to school together uh, years ago. They're all getting older now. Anyways, JJ uh, lives in northern Michigan, but she works in the UP. So she has a little bit of a drive each day to work. And she said she enjoys listening to our podcast on her commute. So thank you, JJ. Thanks, JJ. And don't look at the pictures when you're going across the Mackinac Bridge. That would be inappropriate. Right. Check the pictures out later. <laughs> so when we took our uh, big, long road trip recently out to Montana to see our daughter, we knew that we would be spending time in Yellowstone because we love Yellowstone National Park. Right, Bill? We do. And it just happens to be a convenient 45 minutes from Lauren's house. I know. <laughs> so often when we visit our daughter, she doesn't take you know, she's not on vacation. We are. 
And so her and her husband have to go to work during the day. And so Bill and I are free during the day to do whatever we want. And so often we will um, pack our cameras up and we will go into Yellowstone for the day while they're at work. Works out perfect. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty nice for us. That's for sure. Yeah. Actually, I think we visit Yellowstone more in a single year than she and her husband do. Yeah, I know when we were out there just recently, she said to us that she had not been in the park all year. So Yeah, crazy. Yeah. I mean, we always envision or fantasize that if we lived out there, man, we would be in the park all the time. We'd know we'd have our pulse, our finger on the pulse of what was happening in the park. Yeah, life gets busy. Life gets busy. I know we live within an hour of Mackinac Island and people are like, well, how often do you go to the island? And I was like, well, Never. it's been probably 15 years. 25. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, are you comparing Mackinac Island to Yellowstone National Park? No, just a tourist attraction that how happens many acres, to be in our area. How many acres do you think is Mackinac Island total? We should ask Dennis Havlina that question. Well, we I would say up. probably 40 acres, 50 acres. And Yellowstone is 2.2 million acres. Just about the same size, I think. <laughs> Equal tourist attraction. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think on last week's episode, we mentioned that on our on our drive out to Montana, um, we drove over the Beartooth Pass through, Code, or through Cook City and into Yellowstone Park and skirted across the north end of Yellowstone and then went out the west entrance in order to get to our daughter's house. So we did um, see animals. We did have see some attractions and take some pictures on that trip through the park that very first day. And if you want to go to our first picture, Bill, Alrighty. This is a picture that Bill took. Um, one thing we found about Yellowstone this particular visit was that it was for a September. Um, it was, and it was late in September, well, second half of September anyways. Um, it was really busy. The park was super busy. Now, um, because of the global pandemic, Really, nobody is traveling outside of the United States or into the United States. So the people who were touring, who are visiting Yellowstone this year, were pretty much all Americans. And we kind of thought that maybe the park would be a little quieter than it's been in different in other Septembers when we... We, we had hoped it would be. But it wasn't, was it? It was not. It was like the first year we went to pick up Lauren in, in August, August when she was still in college. It was equally as busy as that time. It was crazy how busy it was. And in the past, if you if you come if you're driving through Yellowstone and you come across a traffic jam, generally that means there's something really cool to see. A bear, um yeah, usually a bear yeah, usually or a wolves, bear or you know, wolves one of those or, more elusive yeah, animals that yeah. um sometimes herds of bison if they're in the middle of the road. Right. But you don't generally see a traffic jam for something like a coyote. Right. But, but this, this was this yeah. was the first jam we rode up on. And we were like, oh, what is it? What is it? it must Somebody be a said, bear. wolves. Said, <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. Well, it ended up being this coyote. It was just a single coyote, too. Right. Um, but we parked on the side of the road and, and we could see the coyote was down. The road was on a little 
hillside edge. The coyote was down in the valley of it. But the weirdly, the coyote climbed up to the edge of the road. Yeah, he was hunting mice, I think, and he was just nosing around. But um, he just didn't care that anybody was around. He was hunting. He was, you know, I think some people have a misconception that the animals in Yellowstone are like a zoo, like a drive-through zoo. But that's not the case. They're wild animals. And they're also, they're free to roam in and out of the park boundaries. There's no fencing. Right. Um, You know, they are wild animals and they have to get along on their own. You know, it's not like there's park rangers that are putting food out for animals, you know, during the winter. It's, you know, they're left to be wild. But I think, you know, they do, if they, you know, if they hang out in the, around the road edges or in the populated areas, I guess some of them do get used to people because this coyote, you're right, did not seem bothered by a lot of cars parked. and Yeah, there was quite a few people around. And uh, I know I actually sat down on the edge of the road uh, off to the, the shoulder a bit and got a few pictures of him just because it, it happened to be a convenient spot where I could balance the camera good. And uh, I had a couple people drive by me and they were yelling at me that I was too close. I was too close back up. And I'm like, he came to me. I didn't move. I was just sitting here and the animal came to me. So yeah, yeah. sometimes that happens. Yeah. I, if it had been a bear, you'd have moved. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you, if you get a chance to look at this picture, um, it looks like this coyote is very close. Bill and I have a couple of cameras that have great zoom lenses. And so Bill was not as close to this coyote as the picture makes it appear. Although, how close do you think that coyote was to you? He was probably 50 yards. Oh, I think maybe even closer than that. It seemed like anyways. Yeah. 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 But um, he looks in good shape. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we both commented on this time going through Yellowstone, the animals all were in very, very healthy looking animals and their coats were extremely um, almost well groomed. It seemed like they were very healthy animals. Yeah, this coyote looks Um, like he may have run a comb through his hair in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it was just the grass he'd been running through that combed it for him. Yeah. And we saw several, this was not our only coyote sighting, um, this, this visit to Yellowstone on another day that we were in the park, we saw, was it four coyote? There was actually sick. There was, there was a four of them running together. And then there was two others that were off to the side. They, uh, and the coyotes and wolves both will hunt in little packs and they'll run, um, some what they call flankers out on the side that chase animals into the group and then they kill flankers? them. Flankers? Yeah. I've never heard of that before. Yep. Coyotes do it a lot. Hunt in a pack like that. Wow. Flankers. Yep. And what's the job of a flanker? It's to push um, their food to the others and then they all eat then them they up. Hunt. Oh, so it's a strategy. Yeah. They run them into, into the pack. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. The um when we saw the coyotes, the six coyotes that were in the Hayden Valley, there was a lot of cars parked on and this area of the Hayden Valley, the road is kind of vicarious to pull over on. There's a couple little pullouts, but it's really um 
up on the side of a hill mountain looking down down it, it drops ways. down into a river valley is what it does yeah. yeah it's it's kind of a little cliff area yeah. but we drove up and there was a lot of people pulled over so we pulled over to see what was going on and people were saying that they were seeing wolves <clears throat> but they weren't wolves they were coyotes they were coyotes they were big coyotes but they weren't wolves they were they're beautiful yeah why is it that we get so much more excited to see a wolf than a coyote. I mean, they're. Most coyotes or wolves are a lot more rare than coyotes. I are, guess that's just thing. it. Eh? They're a much bigger animal, actually. They're twice the size of a coyote. Um, and they have a They totally can be, different... but I've seen wolves the size of a coyote, too. Sure. Well, younger ones would be. Yeah. 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 But um, just probably the fact that they're a little more elusive animal and they don't. Mm -hmm. um, there's not as many of them around, so they're a little more rare. The coyotes that were in the Hayden Valley were hunting rodent. I thought maybe they were ground squirrels, but when I got a picture home and I zoomed in close to see, they were definitely mice. They were big mice. Big field mice. Yeah. But they were, yeah. they were really being successful. Like we watched one of them catch three or four in a row and just gulp them down like no tomorrow. Yeah, they, they were having a good feeding day, that's for sure. They were doing great. Yeah, I like seeing coyotes. I especially like seeing them when they're hunting and they jump up in the air and jump down with their mouth yeah, in they a do big this, arc in the air. The big loop like like fox tend to do too. Coyotes will do the same thing. Yeah. Wolves probably do the same thing too as far as that goes when I've they're hunting. I've not seen rodents, a wolf do that, but I would like no. to see that. Yeah. Yeah. The elusive, not so elusive, wily coyote. Wily. So I think had we seen some bison before we saw this coyote or was the coyote the very first animal we saw? It might have been the very first thing that we saw that day. Yeah. That was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We yep. got some good pictures. This is just a sample. We took several or you took several. Right. I guess you came back and handed me the camera and then I took some. Often Bill and I can't remember who took what picture at the end of the day when we get them home and on the computer to edit them because we pass cameras back and forth to each other and, I want to use that camera because it has that lens on it or vice versa. So truly a team effort. Yeah. The only time we kind of know something one way or the other is if there happens to be a particular landmark in a different direction than we know that I was standing versus you. or Oh, whatever, and sometimes but... a, a really exciting picture like, oh, I know I nailed that. You remember. Yeah. Yeah. But For sure. typically speaking, we just take take pictures and yeah, that's that. So let's go to our second picture. Okay. This is an iconic or typical picture that people get in Yellowstone. Yep. This is in Mammoth. This is a picture of a big bull elk right in the middle of um, the little town of Mammoth. Mammoth Hot Springs, I believe is what they call it. Yep. Um, but you can, if for those of you can, who can see the picture right now, um, there's a big sign in the back. Uh, background of the picture that says visitor center and uh, there's almost always elk in town there yeah. when um, you come in through the north entrance and, and go through the iconic teddy roosevelt arch um, the first little area that you come to that has any kind of development is uh, mammoth hot springs and really it's the closest thing to a city or a village in the whole park, In the right? whole park, yeah. It's probably the most developed of any of them, yeah. And the Old Faithful area has 
a lodge and um, a gift store and a little restaurant and whatnot. But that's kind of all contained in one or two buildings, whereas Mammoth um, also houses a lot of the park uh, employees that work there year round. And so there's a little housing development off to one area and there's, there's actually a hotel there in town. A too. hotel and a, and a gift shop and a visitor center. And yep. I think there's a church even it does seem like a little village. Um, but like Bill said, um, you can almost count on seeing elk right in the middle of the village or the town. Yes. The, uh, the Rangers tend to spend a lot of time saving people who get too close to these elk. Exactly. And we were there in September, which is the rut season for elk. So um, the bull elks were trying to corral their harems. And uh, they were not, they don't want anybody else around when that's going on. And so um can be very dangerous to be too close to an elk anytime, but especially during rut. Right. And right. in this picture, um, you can see this, he's a good sized bull elk walking down the road. You can see a tourist in the background with a camera taking a picture, just standing on the sidewalk, um, kind of in behind his antlers. You can see there's a ranger that's there trying to make sure everybody's being safe. Another tourist off to the other side there. I mean, there's just people everywhere. And, you know, I, you, you and I are probably guilty of it, of trying to get just a little bit closer, just a little bit better picture and maybe putting yourself in harm's way. Yeah. It's, it's easy to get sucked into the lure of the animals because it is fascinating to be that close to some of these animals, but it's also very dangerous to be this close. And the other thing that I think happens in mammoth is because they're there all the time and they're all over the place. Yep. Um, sometimes you, you just park and you want to get from your car to the visitor center or something. And you kind of get a little complacent that there's an animal close by you and you're just paying attention to getting where you want to go and you could be in trouble. Yeah. You really have to watch your back because um, yeah, you can easily walk into a big guy like this is territory and not even realize that you were stepping on the wrong dirt and right. have them come after you. So. If you ever have a chance and you want to, um, I don't want to say get a laugh, but it is kind of interesting. Look up on YouTube, um, bull elk in Mammoth Hot Springs, and a bunch of videos are going to come up of bull elk being mean and crazy in town. And they'll go, they'll chase after a car and take their antlers and ram into the side of cars and everything. They do it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's no joke. <laughs> nope. They do some serious damage. And it's like, all right, keep them coming. I'll poke a hole in the side of this van next. Yeah. I think I remember watching one of those videos and it was taken out, out of the window of a building that um, is where the Rangers work. And the Rangers were just saying, oh boy, watch this one. They're going to get it. And sure enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Mammoth Hot Springs is kind of a cool area to, to visit and you might, you know, you're pretty good chance you're going to get pictures of elk if you want elk with buildings in the background and people in, ba in the background and not necessarily in their natural setting right right but it's still fun yeah it is cool to see them yeah it's pretty fun this this time like we've already said yellowstone was so busy that um we just drove through mammoth we didn't want to stop 
park, take a little hike, visit the visitor center, nothing. It was just too busy for us. Yeah, this this picture we took is just to one side of the major intersection there that was a four-way stop that was just, there must have been probably 20 vehicles in every direction yeah. just flowing everywhere. Yeah, there it was, was crazy. so many people. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. So moving on to our next picture. I don't know why I didn't include. Oh, I know why. Because I took the picture with my cell phone. I want a picture of the Lake Yellowstone Hotel. Our daughter, when she was in college, um, the first summer that she left Michigan to work away for the summer was at Yellowstone National Park. And she worked as a server in the Lake Yellowstone Hotel, which is a big Beautiful looking, stately, old hotel, not even a lodge. I wouldn't call it a lodge. It's too fancy. No, it's much better than the the other lodges in the, in the park. It's, uh, it's, it's it's pretty fancy. Yeah. It's fancy and it's, it's relatively modern in comparison to the other structures. It's not rustic. Right. I think that the hotel rooms probably in the, in the, are, you know, old style in that some of them may not have bathrooms in your room. You might have to walk to a shared bathroom down the hall. Like it is old, but it's definitely fancy, like white linen tablecloth kind of fancy. Yes. The food is very upscale food that's in the restaurant. Although we've never eaten it. um, Yeah. We have made several attempts. We have read the menu several times. We, a couple of years ago, we were out visiting Lauren and she had a day off and we went to the park with the intentions of having lunch at the Lake Yellowstone hotel. And on our way, there was a traffic accident ahead of us and we got stuck in traffic while they took care of whatever was going on way, way ahead of us. And by the time we got to the hotel, lunch service was over and it was too early for dinner service. So we didn't eat at the hotel that time. And then our intentions were to eat at the hotel this time, but because of the virus, because of COVID, none of the restaurants in Yellowstone National Park were open for dining in only for carryout. And the whole reason for going there is to have the experience of eating in the hotel. So we passed again. We'll try again Someday. another day. We'll get there <laughs> maybe next year. But after we got past the hotel and, and continued on our little journey through the park, of course, we saw bison. You see bison everywhere in the park. Yeah, this is this is always fun to try and get pictures of bison because they quite often have these. I think they're starling birds that are on their back, but they're this one happens to have four on its back. Um, I I mean the bison are so iconic of Yellowstone. You can't help but love the bison and the herd that lives in Yellowstone go back to the wild herds from you know early America before we tried to wipe them out. Right. So, um, you know, you're seeing a little piece of history when you see the bison in Yellowstone. And like Bill said, I love it when the little birds hitch a ride on their backs. Yep. <clears throat> this one had four. We, we, we never, we don't get tired of taking pictures of bison. No. Now the photographic challenge of photographing bison is that the bison are so dark. You can see in this picture, they're dark brown, um, when the sun is really bright and there's a lot of contrast, they almost look black. And then the grass and whatnot around them will, will, you know, be very bright. And your camera has a hard time deciding should it, should the exposure, I mean, 
without getting a black on? blob is what yeah. I'm trying to what say. What do I focus on here? Yeah. How do I expose so that the grass doesn't get too bright and the bison isn't just a black blob versus, yeah. So that if you want to challenge yourself and you will have your camera on, on a manual setting, taking pictures of bison can be a challenge. Yep. And yep. generally speaking, they're, they're pretty compliant. They're just loping along. They're pretty slow most of the time. Yeah. The big challenge with them is getting them with their head up where they're actually looking at I you. I know. And not But you can wait all ground. day sometimes for them to lift their head up. Yeah. Yeah. They are grazers. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Yeah. It's always eating time. Yes. Well, winter's coming. Yep. And we were there, like I said, later in September. In August is their rutting season. If you're there in August, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's pretty crazy times. Because the, the bison will all gather together, hundreds and hundreds of bison in uh, in Hayden Valley, Hayden Valley yeah, or in Lamar the Lamar Valley. Valley. Yep. And, um, you know, the males are this is their time of year to get it, get it happening. <laughs> and they're making it happen or trying to make it happen. Yeah. It's just fun. We were there once in August and we sat for hours watching the the bison rut. And the males will fight. And uh, try to, they'll try to get females to be their girlfriends. <laughs> they'll also attack cars too. That's They will attack cars they, and they, people. They make some big messes of people in cars during August. So. There was a video this summer of um, someone who got too close to a bison while trying to take a picture. And the bison attacked her and hooked her clothing with his little horn there. And actually spun her around until her, her jeans came off. <laughs> Whoops. I know. I'm trying not to laugh telling the story because it sounds funny. I mean, it's pretty scary and dangerous, though. And it was right in an area, you know, where there's a lot of people stop taking pictures. And, yep. I, you know, she was probably rushed off to a hospital. I know it's not really funny, but how many thousands of signs do you see? Do not approach the wildlife. Do not get too close. I know. I just, and, I just read somebody's got to get just a little closer. I just read a quote that said Yellowstone, where there are more signs that say do not feed the animals than there are animals to feed. Right. <laughs> so after we saw the bison past the Lake Yellowstone Hotel, we continued our doing our little loop through the park. And we drove up on to the Hayden Valley where we saw the coyotes that were hunting in a pack with, what do you call their wingmen? The flankers. Flankers. We got past that and we drove up on another traffic jam. A huge traffic jam. And this was in the area that um, there was, I think it's the Yellowstone River. Yes, it is. Goes through the park and... Um, Oh, there was cars parked everywhere, and all we could see was swans. Yeah, I'm like, really? They're that desperate to take a picture of something? They're taking pictures of a swan. I mean, I guess we would have believed it because we'd seen people, you know, traffic jam for a coyote, and right. Um, and there was just the park was just so incredibly busy. We kept looking and looking, and there was rangers there that were waving people through and we thought, this cannot be for swans must be an accident or something going right. on here 
So as we drove through the area where the Rangers were controlling traffic, we saw what all of the excitement was about. And Bill, if you go to our next picture, you can describe oh, what we yes. saw. So this is a picture of a uh, a huge grizzly bear. Huge grizzly bear. Right on the bank of the Yellowstone River. And in the foreground of this picture is a dead elk that this bear had killed like three days before we got there. Um, and there is a pretty crazy uh, YouTube video of this bear actually killing this elk someone caught on camera. Yeah. And we had seen the video before we saw this bear. Um, we we're at home at Lauren and Cole's house and Cole passed his phone over. Oh, you got to see this. Um, and like Bill said, I think it was two, two or three was, days I think before. It was two days before we actually came upon it. Yeah, somebody was in the park and they were um, using their cell phone to get some video of the elk in the Hayden Valley that were, you know, they're in rut. So when elk are in rut, the male elk will do something called bugling, and it's when they throw their head back and they make this deep throated kind of a whistly sound. Yep. What do they do that for? Is that to attract females or just to claim territory? Or I think it's, you know, everybody has their own theories, but I've always assumed that it was basically uh, claiming territory, claiming their stay out of my space. Right. You know, I've got my harem here. and It's a really eerie sound. Maybe yeah. I'll be able to add yeah. that to our podcast because it's, if you've ever heard it, it's very distinctive, but it's very eerie. So this lady was photographing the elk and then all of the sudden out of nowhere, running at a million miles an hour, this grizzly bear came, chased after the elk, chased one into the water in the river and then proceeded to kill it. He uh, And this was a huge, full grown, healthy bull elk. Yes. Now, some people in the crowds around the bear, I heard saying later, they thought that in the video, they thought this particular elk was limping. I don't know. I didn't notice that in the video. Um, he was a big elk, though, and yeah. he chased it in the water, basically got on its back and was biting its spine. And he killed and drowned that elk in the river and then rolled it in the water and pulled it and pushed it yeah. and rolled it until it got to the side of the river and he ate some and then he buried it and then he stayed there for a week eating and sleeping and apparently he buried most of the elk and then um was laying right on top of it the first day we saw him he was sleeping on top of the elk carcass right right yeah but we had uh so yeah they wouldn't i mean there was a lot of people on the on the edge of the riverbank. And then there was a little wooded area that the rangers were not letting anybody stop in or stand in or walk by. And then there was another open area where there was a few more people. So we drove past. I tried to take pictures as we were driving past and we turned around and how many passes did we make in the car? Three passes? We made three passes, I you know, and the rangers. Um, they were getting annoyed with people. They were people. getting annoyed with people, but we were certainly not the only ones doing that. People were going back and forth. Yeah. And the area that they had completely blocked off, we found out over the next day or so that it's actually a frequent area that 
animals migrate through. And uh, apparently there'd been other bears who had come through to challenge this guy. Yes, um, we should clarify. This bear was on the opposite side of the river from all the people right. where the road was. Right. No one was close to that bear. By no, no, no. But I think that they had had bear that were coming out onto the road and maybe would have crossed the river to get to the elk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they were concerned. You know, they needed they wanted people to be in open areas where they could see what was going on. Right. So eventually we did park. And we had to park, I think, about a mile away, right? I would guess a mile, yeah. We parked in a little picnic area about a mile away, and we walked back to the to one of the areas where you could view the bear, one of the less populated areas. And we sat for a little while and took some photos. And then we left. And there was a lot of people there. But we made a plan that we would come back the next day and come back before daylight. And B, have prime position, stake one of those best spots to get a picture of the bear when the sun came up in the morning. And uh, so that's what we did. We continued on the park that day, went home and had our plan for getting up early and heading back to the park. And we did that, right? We did. We got up about <laughs> five o'clock uh, and then we headed out. We were actually were, we were found our spot. We were actually the first people at the spot. Again, we chose the spot that was the less popular area to be because there was already people before the sun even came up. There was already a lot of people at the at the at other the side other of this viewing area, the yeah. other side of the wooded area. Yeah. And uh, we got we got a nice spot right on the riverbank across the river from the bear. Yeah, we were right on the um, edge of the water. But it was I mean, it was a cold morning and there was a ton of fog on the water. The water we was had not. And I had not anticipated the the steam coming off the river. Did, had you even thought about that, Bill? Well, I thought about I thought it would be cool to get pictures of this, you know, kind of a steamy, foggy morning. We'll be get some really cool pictures. Yeah. So the sun came up and the steam came up. Yeah. And you could hardly see what was going on on the other side of the river. It was so steamy. Yeah, the the fog was pretty thick that morning. It was very thick. And um you could hear the in this picture is also ravens in this picture that are yeah. bugging the I mean it was a beautiful like even if you weren't taking pictures, it was a it was a cool experience cuz Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we we dressed warmly. Yep. And uh this is a time when we appreciated wearing the face masks that Yeah, were, it actually helped. <laughs> yeah. So, um so we were warm. Um, we, we, I think we brought a blanket we could sit on mm -hmm. and, uh, we had our cameras set up on the tripod. And when we first got there, there was, uh, swans that were floating through the river and they were making their trumpeter swans. They were making their little honking sounds. And there was, you know, the usual morning nature sounds. And it was very still. There was no wind in the beginning. Do you remember how calm it was? It was very calm. There was actually some elk bugling off in the distance. Where we parked, there was a whole herd of elk yeah. that were, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was it was a really almost like meditative kind of a morning. A little disappointing that at daylight you couldn't see anything, really. Right. right. And, of course, more and more people started to show up. And at one point, an airplane came in. Do you remember that? Yeah, you know, Yellowstone is supposed to be a no-fly zone. They do not let you use um, 
There's no drone photography drone, yeah, in there at all. You can't use a drone in the park anywhere. Nope. Um, but yeah, it was just just getting, we were thinking another 15 minutes, we'll get a, some decent pictures yeah, of this the bear. sun comes up over those trees, maybe it'll burn off this fog yep. and we'll start to be able to get some pictures. And, and in comes just flying right down the river. Um, with a prop plane, is that what you call those? Yeah, it was a little, a little, um, probably a two-seater, what we call a puddle jumpers. Yeah. yeah. It was a little plane. And it was definitely there to look at the bear. Yeah, somebody had hired this guy to to fly him in to take pictures of this bear. I mean, maybe there was a chance it had something to do with like official parks, like rangers were in the plane. I don't know. We don't know. We're speculating. But it it flew down the river. It banked around the area where the bear was. It went past. It circled around. It came back and banked again at the bear. It, I mean, it was definitely only reason it was there was to see this bear. Yeah. Yeah. So while we were sitting there, there was, uh, we got there before the Rangers that day. We did. But the Rangers uh, evidently, I mean, eventually came. And um, there was a, a lady Ranger that was standing behind us, directing traffic and making sure that people were staying within their boundaries. And she was giving out a lot of information about this bear that I was glad I heard. The, yeah, we probably would have never... Well, we would have heard stories because it was all kinds of stories. But oh, I think yeah, she but was... the stories you heard from people, just random people that were there, were all over the place. They were all kinds of stories about this bear that may or may not have been had a morsel of truth. But I think I could trust the ranger. And she said that this particular bear had been a trouble bear outside of Yellowstone before it was captured and then released within the park hoping that the bear would just stay within Yellowstone and quit causing trouble to human beings. Yeah, apparently he was having problems. He was uh, like to eat beef too, because he was eating people's cat cows. Well, this guy likes to eat. That's that is 100% sure. true. <laughs> yeah. That ranger said that they estimated this bear is one of the biggest bears in the park that they know of for sure. But this bear weighs somewhere over 650 pounds. Um, a couple years ago, she said that this bear had gotten into a fight with another grizzly bear, and, which resulted in the other grizzly dying. And then this bear ate it, which yep. I didn't know they would do that. I didn't know they would do that either. But And then also, she said that this bear had killed a bison the week before it killed this elk and had eaten the bison. Yeah, just down the road a little ways, apparently. So he's an eater. He's, yep. he's a golden corral kind of bear. Whole buffet is mine <laughs> and I'm taking it. He, the, I read that um, bears before hibernation season, that whatever you have in your brain that tells you when you're full, you know, even, all, even those of us who like to eat, at some point our bodies tell us, I am full, I can't eat another thing. But for bears right before hibernation time, that brain notification shuts off and they can just eat and eat and eat and eat because they're getting ready for the long winter where they're not going to eat at all. And this bear was eating and eating. Yeah, he, we watched him for several hours the one day we were there when we took these pictures, actually. And he would eat and he would eat. At one point, we watched him unbury this elk's back leg, tear off a big chunk, and probably 
five, six pounds of meat. He just sat there and ate it. I was going to say like a roast for the family. Yeah. He just yeah, gobbled he just that. mouthed that down. Got up, went to the bathroom, came back and got another chunk about the same size and ate that. Yeah. And then just laid down, took a little nap. And yeah, um, he would get up and chase these ravens when they get too close to him every once in a yeah. while. And that's the other thing. This bear is, you know, he's over 650 pounds. But he could jump he up and could chase. Move. Yeah. Yeah. There is no getting away from a bear. If That's, he wants you. Yeah. yeah. So um, the picture that we're looking at is a picture. One of the first pictures we took that morning and you can see that it's still pretty foggy. So it's not the greatest quality picture. And um, honestly, I worked on it in um, Lightroom and Photoshop to make it as clear as I could um, on the computer. But this was an exciting picture to take because some wolves decided to come and try and see if they could scavenge some of that elk. How many wolves were there there? We saw four at one time. I'm not sure that I actually ever got my eye on all four of the wolves. I know I could hear people around me saying, oh, there's a white one. There's a black one. Um, and it was hard to see. It was hard to see because there was so much steam coming off the river. Yeah, there, there was a lot of fog. But uh, at one point, and I, um, I don't know that I got a picture of him. Um, we got another picture of, uh, of of one of the black wolves. But at one point, when the wolves first came in, the there was a big black wolf. I have no idea if it was male or female. Um, tried coming up in behind this bear and the bear spun around and they faced off and the wolf quickly backed off Yeah, and went around. But uh, the wolf in this picture though was pretty brave. Yeah. It was the same wolf. This doesn't look like a really big, well, this is relative, I guess to say I'm good. I was just going to say this wolf doesn't look that big, but I'm comparing him to a 650 pound yeah. bear. In this picture, there's, um, the same bear and everything is the same scene as the, the previous picture, but this wolf that's in the picture just off to the right. Um, if you look up the hill where the raven is, that's where the wolf came in initially and uh, got about as close as that raven and thought, nah, I'm going to go the other way. And he actually went down to the river and snuck up the riverbank and, and actually grabbed a little piece of the elk and, and trotted off and the bear didn't challenge him. But Right, because in this picture, and it's hard to tell because it is foggy, but the bear is facing away from where the wolf is. So he's facing away from the river, facing up the bank, which right. is probably where he expected the wolves to come back. Well, that's where there was two other wolves off to that. In this picture, there was two other wolves off to the side at the same Maybe this time. wolf is a flanker. Must have been. <laughs> He's a daredevil because he's still alive, but they were, yeah, survival of the fittest. Oh, I, yeah. You know, um, this, this wolf did get a pretty good bite of this elk and ran off with it. Yeah. Um, the, the frustrating thing about this was that there, by the time the wolves came in, there was maybe 20 people that had joined us on the side of the river where we were. Yep. And some of the people had joined us were, um, like a big family. It was a little bit confusing. There was one adult male, there was a couple of adult females and a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. And, and they, what they, as a family unit had learned how to do was talk really loud. <laughs> they were 
big talkers and the kids were screamers. Yeah. And the and the gentleman kept answering his cell phone. Yeah. It was so annoying. Hello, this is Frank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're at Yellowstone, I, Bill and I always I, we kind of have an unwritten rule that once you cross that border into the park, you turn the radio off, roll the windows down and you take it in. You know, it's yeah. um, nature time. It's nature time. That's why we're there. If you don't like nature, don't be there. Um, so these people were really loud talkers and they were making the wolves skittish, even though, you know, it was across the river. But yeah, uh, every time a new wolf came in, one of the kids would scream it. There's another one. Yeah. I think I see the white one and the black one. They were screaming so loud and everybody else on the bank of the river by us was, they were all so annoyed with that family. Yeah, Nobody said anything, but ever you could tell everybody was just their body language. Was like, Ugh, um, yeah. look, you know what? There's a squirrel up the road. Go look at that one. Well, thankfully it was a little too cold for them. Yeah. They got cold quick and packed yeah. it in. So left, they, they, they called somebody on their cell phone to drive by and pick them up. And yeah, yeah, it was, that was annoying. It really kind of spoiled a beautiful moment. Yep. Um, so there was a coyote that came in before daylight and then the wolves came in. And of course there was a ton of ravens and the ravens were just fun to watch because they would inch closer, inch closer, inch closer, try to get a little bite of the elk. And then the bear would get irritated and he would jump up and he would run around in a circle and scare all the ravens off a little bit. And then that, whole thing would start over again <laughs> yeah that bear did not want to share with the ravens no one one of the pictures that we didn't bother to take pictures of either was um there was a couple of of eagles at one point that came and sat in the trees a couple different times there was eagles that circled around and sat in a tree and yeah but they I, it's almost like everybody knew this bear's reputation <laughs> yeah i was like oh he's still here yeah like they would come in and go oh that's bear yeah, they they kept referring to him by Bear Seven Ninety Three, or I think a number of some number sort, number yeah. of some kind. They oh, have, the park rangers have have tagged this bear with a number, apparently. You know, in all of my pictures, I'll have to go back maybe and look closely again. I I can't detect um, a tag on the bear, but they say they will tag bears with a little tag on their ear. I couldn't find one, but that's not to say he isn't tagged. Yeah, I. They certainly knew who the bear was. They, or what. This bear had a reputation with humans and with other animals. Yeah, like the coyote when he came in, it was kind of like he looked and went, "Oh, it's him. Never yeah. mind. I'll just keep going." Yeah, it's kind of how I felt about the eagles too. They're like, mm, "Okay, yeah. he's still here." Right. Um. He stayed there for, from what I understand, he stayed there for like five or six days. Yeah, the rangers, I remember saying that the the ranger, someone asked, how long will they stay on their kill? Yeah. And uh, uh, that that lady ranger said they have watched bears up to nine days stay on kills. This guy, a couple days later in the week, we went down to the Tetons and then drove back up through Yellowstone. And we decided to drive around and see if that bear was still there. And he had moved on. But there was still crowds of people there watching because there was still elk left to be eaten and wolves were coming in at times and other bears evidently had come in. So there was still interesting things and possibilities. Right. 
So he had gone on to find something else big to kill and eat, I guess. Probably. He's a big, nasty bear. Yeah. But we had so much fun watching. It was and fun. That was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to yep. see yep. that big we, of a bear. We definitely enjoyed the moment. It was. We got as much out of the moment as we could. And so did hundreds of other people. So if you go to the next picture, Bill. Uh, yes. This was a picture I believe you snapped. Just This was actually up the other side of the bank from where we were. Um, this and this is, is just a little small sampling of how many photographers right. were there. If, if you can envision this many people strung out for at least a half a mile along the riverbank there. People oh, were just. So this picture is a picture of, of other photographers on the side of the river that are there to photograph the big bear. And um, in this picture, you see lots of tripods, lots of long zoom lenses. How much money do you think is just sitting there? Oh, right there. Well, I see a $12,000 lens. Yeah. I see two $4,000 lenses. Setups, yeah. $1,500. The yeah. tripods, are, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a tripod. I see a tripod with a yoke at least. mount. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of money in photography equipment sitting that there. That big one on the, on the left-hand side there is a $12,000 lens. It's crazy, uh, crazy, yeah, crazy. Yeah, and the, like Bill said, that went on. There was lots and lots of people there. Yeah. So, I mean, sort of after a while, we thought, you know, we're just getting the same picture everybody else is getting. You know, maybe it's time to go. Let's go find something else. So there are photographers that I follow on Instagram or I follow on Facebook or just photographers that I admire. And uh, it was kind of interesting in the week or weeks to come after we were there to see some of these really hotshot photographers that I love to follow post pictures of the exact bear that we were watching. And, and when you see them, you know, talk about when they were there and what was going on, they were there this exact same time that we were there. Yeah, they definitely were. Yep. Some of these photographers that I would really love to meet in person, you know, may have been sitting they were five yards away yeah, from me. Yeah, they could have been right by us and we didn't even know. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was pretty interesting. And I also thought it was pretty cool that their pictures didn't turn out all that much better than ours. So, nope. They struggled with the same struggles we were having. Yep. So let's go to our next picture, Bill. Okay. Ah, a live elk. A live elk. We had to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this this picture was actually taken over by um, uh, West Entrance to the Yellowstone. It was probably. Um, Four or five miles into the park. Um, what is the river that runs through there? I don't think that's the Yellowstone River at that I point. I think it's the Madison. Oh, yeah. Probably is the Madison River. Um, I'm not positive, but I think it's the Madison River that runs through there. Yeah, probably three miles into the park. You actually cross over a, a river. You see the river quite um, on the drive in. You, you're yeah, the road follows the river there. For quite a long time. Time, and then you cross over the the river at one point, and um, and there's often elk. In there's there often too. elk, yeah, out in that big bend in the river. There, there's an open field. This guy actually was a, not a very big bull. Um, he had been with three or four cows, and uh, they were walking up on the bank across from the river. 
And uh, and he was following them. He was following them, yep. And he was just weaving his way through the trees. Do you think that those elk were his actual hair? I mean, he looks like a pretty young elk. Do I you would think guess that... he might have been trying to cheat it, cheat his way into a harem is probably what he was yeah, he doing. he looks pretty young. I bet it wasn't working out for because him. Because there was another big a bull that would make this him look like a little baby right um that uh wasn't too far off from him so he might have just been trying to sneak into the harem was probably what he was trying to do there but this was this is a cool picture because the elk is kind of in a little wooded little thicket area and his coloring and his horns just blend in with the trees in the woods and but he um and i think bill took this picture but he managed to catch where he came into enough of an opening where you could see his head and his horns. And um, and the sun just happened to hit him just right at that moment. This is yeah, a even cool lit picture. Up his eye a little bit. Yeah, kind of a portrait of this bull elk um, surrounded by, framed naturally by the tree limbs and everything. It's cool. Yeah, that was, was a fun shot. It was. And there were people stopped here to see these elk too, but not nearly as many. Right. As for right. The- yeah. Well, these, these elk actually blended in pretty good. So not everybody probably spotted them when they were driving by yeah. either as far as that goes. And I think too, sometimes when people enter the park from whatever entrance you go into and they're anxious to get to their first stop, which whatever that's planned to be, whether it's, right. you know, we're heading to old faithful or we're heading to the, geyser basin or or wherever they're going and so you sort of for that first few miles you sort of feel like you're still trying to get to your destination but you really ought to start watching before you get to the entrance you know right away and then even after you leave the park yeah because like i said they're not fenced in animals wander in and out all the time no and there are signs all over (laughs) and probably people don't pay too much attention to it that i mean bison on the road be aware you know that kind of stuff there's there's lots of signage around that the the wild animals are out and about, so be careful. Yeah. So if you go to our next picture, which I think this is our second last picture of our series of nine, and this was um, this was the day we left that we left to start our journey home, and we had decided that why not. Um, why not go through Yellowstone on our way home instead of just driving through the um, canyon from Big Sky down to Bozeman and just driving highway the whole time? Let's just take another loop through Yellowstone. And so we did that, and it was pretty early in the morning. Very cold morning again. Very cold morning. There was frost in a lot of areas. And in this picture, it's just a little landscape picture that Bill took. He pulled over and jumped out of the car and walked down to a little river bank. And there actually are some thermal features in this area. Yeah. The, uh, uh, if you're looking at this picture, the big puffy white clouds that are off to the, to the, in the back of the, of the uh, picture are all thermal features that were up across the road. The road actually went right along where the tree line is there of the river and the thermal features were actually on the other side. And you know, they're thermal features because they, it smells like sulfur. Absolutely. It stinks like rotten eggs. <laughs> yeah. Not a good smell. Right. Um, sometimes when you're in Yellowstone, you don't see the thermal feature at first, but you can smell it. And you know that there, and then you'll drive along. They'll be just randomly weird on the side of the road, a little hole in the ground that's steaming and bubbling. 
Yellowstone is a weird and wonderful place. <laughs> yeah, it is strange. But yeah, you'll be driving along. You'll see a lot of, in this particular picture, you'll see a lot of uh, trees that are, actually there had been a fire that went through this area. So those are all fairly young trees that are coming back. And then up in the middle of the trees, you'll see this little puff of smoke where there's a thermal feature just halfway up a hill somewhere. Yeah, yeah. This is um, this is kind of a quiet little landscape landscape picture, but to me, it's really iconic of Yellowstone because that's when I think of Yellowstone after the wildlife, I think about this, you know, rivers running through it and pine trees and weird thermal feature features, you know, shooting up fog. Yep. yep. Yeah. There's always landscapes like this if you don't see animals. And some days you don't see animals, especially if it's warm or something. But Yeah, and it depends on what you want to see in the park because some people, that's what they want to see. They want to see the thermal features and the geysers and the, and the you know, mud pots and that kind right. of thing. Right, Um, I know often we have driven through Yellowstone and said, man, this could be northern Michigan. This area feels just like northern Michigan. And then you'll see a thermal features <laughs> bubbling away on the side right. of the road. And you, except well, for that. Except for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's always uh, sad to, to have your last visit of Yellowstone when you're out there and have to have to say, well, this is our last drive through. And it was early in the morning. We were taking it all in. The sun was shining. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, so we drove through the park and we drove out of the north entrance, which is at Gardner, Montana. Yep. Heading, heading up for Livingston. Yeah. Just outside of the park entrance, um, there's a little town called Gardner. And right next to the park is the high school or the yeah. school altogether. I'm not sure if it's, it probably is one. It's probably all one unit. It's not a very big town at all. Not a big town. And they have like within walking distance of the entrance to the park is their school and their football field. Do you think that that's their actual football field they play on or just a practice field? I would hope it's their practice field. I didn't, I couldn't, I, I can't remember really if know, there was though. bleachers it around their, it. Yeah. There was bleachers around it. Oh, maybe that's where they play. Yeah, it's entirely possible. But on the football field, almost always you can be guaranteed to see wildlife. Yeah, there's and, almost always elk there. Yeah. So when we got out of the park, I said, just drive down there around that little area and see what we can see. And sure enough, there was elk and pronghorn that were on the football field. Yep, just laying on the field. Yeah, so we got a, a couple of kind of close-up pictures of pronghorn and elk. Um, the football field, I wonder when they go out to practice, how long it takes them to clean all the poop off. Oh, I hope they do, but I bet you they don't. You don't think you, they do? I bet you that's part of the whole thing. Oh, gross. I can't imagine them. How would they even do it? They'd have to take a blower or something to clean it all a off. A blower. Hmm. I mean, there was piles. I know. Of poop. Yeah, there was. Yep. I mean, some shovels and some rakes and. Somebody would have to do that all day long. Uh, yeah, maybe they've just given up on trying to keep the animals away from maybe. that. <clears throat> but it's nice grass, you know, nice groomed grass. That's, That's why they're there. Too much of a temptation for those animals to not be there. And they were they were relaxing. I bet they'd spent the night there. Oh, yeah. I, probably half of them spent their whole life there. So I looked it up and the mascot for the Gardner, Montana High School 
uh, athletic teams are the Bruins. Did you know that? Bruins. Do you know what a Bruin is? It's a bear. Yeah. I didn't. I hate to admit, I shouldn't admit this, but I didn't know what a Bruin was. Yeah. But that makes sense that they'd be a, the Bears. Yep. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. <laughs> Watch out for the poop. Watch out for the poop. Um. Yeah. How do they, I, I, we probably sometimes should try and time it. So we're there at football practice time. I want to see how they get the animals to yeah, leave. Number one. Is, now you're going to go down to the pile of elk poop. Swing left till they get to the antelope <laughs> and look back at me and I'll throw it to you. <laughs> That's how they do their plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So then um, our next picture, which is our last picture, um, is a picture of a mule, mule deer. Mule deer. Yep. So we've talked about this in previous ep episodes that you need to, um, the drive between Gardner, Montana to Livington, Livingston, Montana where you get back on the highway is the most beautiful drive ever. It's in what they call the what Valley? Paradise Valley. Yeah. Paradise Valley. And I want to live in the Paradise Valley. If I, if somebody, when you win the lottery, when I win the lottery, it is breathtaking. It really is beautiful. Lots of big, big ranches through there, big ranches and big mountains. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous drive. And we love that. I love that drive. So um, we drove through, through there and we saw elk, of course. Um, but we also came across two mule deer that were standing in a field. Actually, one of them was laying down when we first yeah, pulled this, up there. Yeah, this guy, I think, was the one that was actually laying down. He actually stood up. He's got a beautiful big rack. Yep. And the other one that was with him was almost as big. Um, how far do you, these, these deer were pretty far off the side of the road. How? They yeah, were, they were a couple hundred yards or more, maybe um, 300 yards off the road. And this picture is kind of a tight shot of, of one of the mule deer, but in other shots, you can see the deer in comparison to the big mountain behind them. It's just breathtaking. It's, yeah. you know, the kind of thing you see on Christmas cards that, yep. that you don't think is real. Right. Right. But, uh, this, this deer had a, nice big um antlers and it was in this field and they were just they didn't mind we weren't that close to them though right i mean no we were we weren't threatening them by any means no. like i say they were probably between two and three hundred yards off the road pretty cooperative to get their picture taken yeah they were actually laying in a field of alfalfa that uh, there was big in that whole area they use um watering systems that are on big sprayers that they run back and forth on these fields just to to grow as much grass and hay as they can during a year because they they uh really starving for land that they can actually plant yeah and sometimes water is an issue out there like oh it's a big know. issue out there yeah. so i'm having... always amazed that they let them do irrigation with the water issues there right but anyways, these deer were beautiful and it was not uh, like one of our last opportunities to get some nice wildlife shots before we started to head home. Um, if you pay attention to our Instagram account, which is Quiet Shutter Photo, or our Facebook account, which is Winnie underscore Bill, um, I'll probably post more pictures from our Yellowstone trip that um, will go along with these pictures. And you can get, get a, a look at some of the other shots that we took. But um it never fails to 
deliver for us. I've heard people say, well, I went to Yellowstone and we drove through and I didn't see anything. And I'm always amazed. I don't know how that can happen. Yeah. So this picture of this um, mule deer, um, if you get a chance to look at it, I'm surprised that we got pictures that show the deer in any kind of sharpness at all, because there was an awful lot of um, heat in the atmosphere. Yeah, we always say there's a lot of atmosphere today. A lot of atmosphere. And so, you know how when, you know, it's cool outside and the ground is is warm and heat will rise off. You see it on the black top of a road often and it looks like a mirage really. Yeah, but that's it's, what we refer to as the atmosphere. Yeah. And it really and, screws up pictures. Right. When you're taking a picture with a zoom lens that the subject is, is pretty far away from you, all of that heat coming up will give you distortion in right. your picture. It's hard to get a clear, you kind of hope for some breeze to come through and sort of knock that down a little bit or, but um, but in this picture, I think it made for a, a good picture because the deer is fairly sharp. I mean, not as sharp as if he was a lot closer. Right. But um, the picture has compressed it enough that the area in focus is the deer. And then behind him, the, you know, the bokeh and the atmosphere create a really um, soft, liquidy, almost looking backdrop. Yeah. Almost yeah. looks like a painting. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. We spent a few minutes with those deer before we wandered on up to Livingston and got back on the highway. And got back on the highway and started to head home. Headed, yeah. Well, we were headed to Teddy Roosevelt Park that day. Right. That was our way. destination yep. for the night on our way home. So that's the last picture in our series. We like to end our podcast talking about the picture that got away, the picture we did not take or that we missed, that we wish we would have taken. So do you have anything in mind, Bill? I don't. I don't remember missing something that day that we saw or um, I guess there's quite often in this same area where we saw this, this big uh, mule deer, there's quite often um, pronghorns in there. And we didn't get any pictures of the pronghorns in that area that day. And that's obviously... Also, where we one time got a picture of a really angry badger stomping around. That in is about the same area, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think, you know, I I think we did pretty good this trip. I know often we'll say, I want to see a moose. And then we see a moose. We did not see moose this time. We did time. not see a moose this year. Yep. So it's not a picture that got away from us because we never actually saw one this time. Right. Um. Yeah. I, you know. I, it was a pretty fun time. I think we had pretty good success. Saw a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest disappointment I had this time was um, not so much that the park was so busy because it's good to see people enjoying our national parks. Absolutely. But was what was disappointing to me was I think I saw more garbage on the ground this trip to Yellowstone than I've ever seen before. Yeah, that was disappointing. It was, it was, uh, there was a lot of litter. There was a lot of litter and rudeness. People were being rude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe people are just fatigued and stressed because of the pandemic and, um, economic uncertainty. Yeah. I and I know, think but... the park staff was probably down this year. So there probably wasn't as many staff 
cleaning as far and as there that wasn't goes. A, as, but... as many conveniences, not that Yellowstone has a lot of conveniences, but without restaurants being open and um, that sort of thing, maybe people were, but, and a lot of cigarette butts on the ground. That is such a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I know. We've had this discussion a lot, but I do not understand people who smoke that think it's absolutely fine to just flick a cigarette away somewhere. It's garbage. It, 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 you know, yeah. put yeah. it in a trash can. Yeah. Do us all a favor and just find a trash can. And you could be, you know, on a, on a trail, you know, a m- half a mile or a mile away from a parking lot and there's a cigarette butt on the ground. Like. Animals go through here. Stop it. Yeah, and they don't like cigarettes either. Maybe it's the animals they're smoking. Must be. <laughs> Chain-smoking squirrels. And then um, the infamous visit to the outhouse. Oh, yes. There was that. And I'm glad I didn't photograph that, but. No. Someone, <laughs> you know, I, and I had never paid attention to outhouses all that much before, but there's a pictures in outhouses in Yellowstone anywheres. Where there says shows a picture, the silhouette of a person standing on the toilet seat, squatting, and there's a big line through it. This says circle with the line through it. Do not do this. They got and a I'm picture thinking, of how you should appropriately sit on a toilet and how yeah, you should not. Don't hover on the toilet seat. Well, apparently, someone. I guess that must be a thing. Yeah, apparently it is because someone did did a drop and left it on the seat. Was, Didn't bother to even clean up after themselves. Oh, it was so disgusting. I really had to go to the bathroom and I opened the door. With, and you have to be strategic in Yellowstone. They don't just have outhouses just right. everywhere. Right. So we knew that, oh, if we get to, oh, what area? There's a name. If we knew we got there, we would find an outhouse. There's a pullout and an outhouse. Gibbons. The Gibbons. Yeah, the Gibbons. And so we area. got there and I jumped out of the car and I opened the door to the restroom and there was a pile of human feces on the toilet seat. And you came back to the car and you said, you Americans are just pigs. (laughs) Well, it's only Americans that are visiting the park now. I used to think maybe it's a cultural thing where in some other countries, maybe they do squat. Maybe. And therefore, you know, you hear about countries where the bathrooms are a hole in the floor. And people squat versus having toilet seats like we have. But no, this couldn't no. have been that. No, I think it was done on purpose just because. Oh, I can't. I yeah. can't even. It's nasty, nasty, nasty. I, I was so mad. Yeah. And so I, I found a place to pee in the woods. And then the sun shined and there was beautiful skies. I'm erasing the dirty picture we just Yes, saw. exactly. It was there was, was no rain to be found. It was a nice, healthy. We are really ending day. on a negative note today, aren't we? Wash your hands. Use the sanitizer. Oh, we drowned in sanitizer <laughs> this trip. <laughs> yeah, Yellowstone is just a sacred place. Yeah, we why, love it. Yeah, we, we do love it. I guess that's and, why we're extra disappointed when we see people behaving badly. Right. In such a wonderful place. Yeah, everybody should experience it, but not the outhouse at the Gibbons Geyser Basin. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Um, I'm sure that we will continue to talk about Yellowstone in in podcast episodes down the road. Um, there's just so much to see, and so much to do. We love it. Yep, we love it. So thanks for listening in today. I hope everybody has a great day. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.